Yeah, you bet nine minutes after seven o'clock can only mean one thing on your Wednesday, and that's the fact that it is time for the flagship show of the Employment Hour. Back here to discuss employment rights, your job, your severance, anything under employment law we get to go uh, go through in depth here on the show. Of course, phone lines already open for your questions, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. And for the remainder of the show, till around 10 to 1 225 talk That number's toll-free. We'll get to some emails as well. We'll talk about being on probation as well as a severance pay calculator. But, uh, you know, Leo, I know you want to get to the week that was, but I think uh, once in a while we should reset exactly who you are and what you do. Because <laughs> sometimes we get brand-new listeners to the show. In fact, all the time we do, right? You, you're absolutely right. Every single week I have the privilege of having new people listening to our show mm-hmm. and talk uh, listening to us about uh, talking about employment law. So, yes, what I do and who I am, well, I'm an employment lawyer, and that means that I help try to resolve workplace problems. Uh, I, I help resolve disputes between employers and employees. And, you know, workplace issues, when they come up, they're serious. They're a big deal because our jobs are a big deal. It's a big part of who we are and what we do. And when problems arise, they're going to impact us. So what I do when I'm not here on the air is I, I speak to people, I solve problems, I engage in the legal process to, to resolve those issues. So if you're uh, struggling with a workplace problem, maybe you lost your job or concerned about that, uh, maybe you feel you've been discriminated, mistreated in any way in the workplace, call me. Call us on the show. We're, we're here a few times a week to, to answer questions, but call me at the office. We're going to give you that contact information. Uh, and John, I, I'm so glad that we have this forum. We get to reach you so bet. many people. It's great. Yep. The week that was, a little uh, piece of what's going on in your world outside of the radio show and the TV show, of course. What's uh, What's been happening this week? Yeah, just to get us uh, warmed up before we get our calls here this evening, uh, let's talk about a couple situations. First situation I'll tell you about uh, involved a lady that had worked uh, for as a bookkeeper for a number of years for her company. Uh, new management came in. Uh, it was obvious to her that they didn't like her very much, didn't get along with the new management of the company. Uh, but what they uh, did very recently is they actually told her, just so you know, uh, we're going to let you go. Uh, we don't know exactly when because we're looking for your replacement. Uh, as soon as we get your replacement, we're going to be training that replacement. And once that person is trained, then we're going to tell you when your last day is. So heads up that that's coming. Wow. Well, obviously, this is, this had impacted her. This created a very uncomfortable work environment for her. Uh, she had to go in every day knowing that the axe is hanging over her head, so to speak. Uh, and, and eventually was in the position where she thought she can't go to work anymore. She was talking to her doctor about going out of on, on a medical leave. But she called me before she went on a medical leave, and she wanted to know what her rights are and does she have to keep going to work in this situation. Well, here's the thing, John. I told her she doesn't have to go on a medical leave. What she can do is she can actually get out of there. She can now treat her employment as being terminated. Why? Because they, the employer, created a work environment that's completely inappropriate. It's unhealthy. It's not productive and makes it very difficult for her to continue working. No one can be productive when they're being told, we're hiring a replacement, your days are numbered. Right. That's a terrible thing to do. And in this situation, the, the law would consider that to be a constructive dismissal. So what I told her, instead of going on a medical leave, let's leave, let's quit this mm-hmm. job, and I will get you your severance now. So you don't have to continue working, so you don't have to struggle with this uh, scenario again and again. So I wanted to bring this up because th- this principle of a, a, a an uncomfortable of a, or a poison work environment applies in many situations. If the work environment is created that makes it difficult, uncomfortable, uh, or, or just uh, improper for you to continue working, you may be able to leave with your severance and not have to continue suffering 
If that happens to you, if you're struggling, call me. Let's talk about it. By the way, that number anytime to get a hold of Lior and the team, one 821 The phone lines are open. Ed, I see you there. But uh, before we get to that, I want to get to your uh, your one other week that was, pal. What's going on? We talk often about maternity leave. Well, this is a paternity leave situation. Uh, I spoke with a gentleman that wanted to take off four months to uh, to be with his newborn son. His employer started giving him a hard time, said, no, you can't go. It's terrible time. So he agreed to only go off for two months. Uh, so he went off for two months. Uh, throughout the whole time, he'd get emails from his employer reminding him how much they need him, how, mu- how it's unfair that he's off. And then when he finally came back after two months, he re- immediately realized that now it's being held against him. He was treated very differently. Uh, he wasn't called into meetings. He was given less work to do. Uh, and he called me and he wanted to know, uh, you know, what do I do here? Well, let's be very, very clear. The same rules that apply to mama, as we call her, applies mm-hmm. to papa. Okay? Uh, so, and, and a father that wants to take a paternity leave has that right. He cannot be punished, threatened, mistreated because of that. That's illegal. He can't even be convinced or, or pushed into taking less time than what he wants. Right. So this company violated his human rights. They've also constructively dismissed him by treating him this way. It's illegal. So if you're a mother or a father wanting to take a maternity leave, a paternity leave, a, 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 a pregnancy leave, remember, you can't be mistreated. You can't be punished. And if you are, the law is going to come down very hard on the employer. Sounds like we're going to have to get rid of our newly minted uh, Don't Mess With Mama <laughs> Employment Hour t-shirts and add Papa there, maybe on the back to uh, to update things, right? Good call. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, one 225 talk toll-free. Ed, good evening. How are you, pal? Yeah, how are you doing? Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on with you? Yeah, um, I'm currently working full-time with my off days on Mondays and Thursdays, and this has been the case for two years already. Now, my company has recently told me I'll now have Saturdays and Sundays off, effective October. Now, there's a problem. I have commitments on Mondays Mm -hmm. and Thursdays. So would this constitute a case for constructive dismissal, in your opinion? Excellent call. Excellent question. And, Ed, the answer is obvious to me, and that is absolutely yes. When we have certain days off work, we, we plan our lives around that. We, we schedule other things. We have other commitments, uh, whether it's on the weekend or during the week. So your employer can't just change all that and expect for you to uh, not have that impact you. And your days of work are a big deal. They're an important term of employment. So you're absolutely right, Ed, that when they change that, you have the right to treat that as a constructive dismissal. Now, that means you get severance. Now, how long have you worked there for, Ed, total? Uh, three and a half years. And what kind of a position and how old are you, Ed? I'm 56, and it's um, like an hourly wage thing. I'm sort of a, a head of a department. Okay, so you could be looking at four and f- or potentially as much as five months of severance is what you'd, you'd be owed here. Now, I would want to see your employment agreement if you have one before we do anything. But, yes, this could be a constructive dismissal. Before you leave, before you say, no, I'm out of here, call me. Let's you and I talk so we can cross our T's and dot our I's. Uh, but, absolutely, this does sound like a constructive dismissal. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate your call. And that number uh, that Lior mentioned again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred, and simply help at employmenthour.com. We are just getting rolling, so there's plenty of time for you to call in, ask your questions just like Ed did, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, one triple eight two two five. talk That, of course, is toll-free for the uh, duration of the show. Michael, good evening. How are you? 
I'm doing by yourself. Good, brother. What's uh, what's going on in your world? Oh, I'm just getting home from work now. Late day. Nice. Nice. Yes. Um, so my question for you, uh, I, I'm expected to drive a company vehicle. Um, I've been supplied a truck. Um, all expenses paid. They pay for my fuel everything, which is great. Um, however, I'm only paid when I'm on site. Um, I'm just wondering if there's anything that should I should be being compensated because I have to have the truck because I have to carry my specialty tools with me to and from. Um, is there anything saying that I should be paid for my travel time as well, or is it just when I'm on the clock working on site? It's a great question, and, and the rule generally is your commute doesn't count for your hours, but if you're bringing equipment, if you're bringing tools with you that are required to do the job, then it's more than just a commute. It's really part of the work. So, yeah, there's a real argument there that you would, they would have to pay you for the time that it takes you to, to get from uh, point A to point B because it's not just you getting there, you're bringing the tools needed to do the job. So uh, okay. how much time are you spending doing that? I'm an hour in the morning and probably close to two hours in the evening, five days a week. Wow. So, so here's the thing. Uh, because you're working there, you know, if you were to push this issue, it may create an uncomfortable situation because, again, you're, you're working there still. Your options are as follows. You can file a complaint with the Ministry of Labor or you can help me uh, or you can get me to help you, I'm sorry, give them a bit of a kick in the pants. You have to decide whether that makes sense for you given the fact that you're still working there. What I can tell you from a legal standpoint, based on, on, on what you've told me, yeah, there, there's a really, really strong argument that they'd have to pay you for that, uh, for that travel time. Okay. All right. Well, uh, maybe we'll get in touch after the show then. Sounds good. Thanks, Michael. Thank Appreciate that. Could could Michael in his situation just kind of go to his boss and say, look, man, I'm doing like 15 hours on the road, and I know that when I have tools that I'm needed for the job, really, legally, don't want to go legally here, boss, but legally I should be getting paid for that. What do you say? Throw me a bone? Could, could he do that? Yeah, he could absolutely do that, and, and I expect yeah. that an employer generally that takes a, a view as this does, this, this employer did, are going to need a bit of a, a more of a push to change their mind, but there's certainly no downside to that. Uh, and I, I think that, you know, based on just my experience, you're, you're going to have to push them a bit to, to kind of change the way they do things. But who knows? Maybe Michael's employ, employer is reasonable. Maybe they're uh, some, someone that uh, is wants to do right by their employees. And in which case, yeah, he can talk to them. And that could resolve the, the situation. Uh, we're talking about being on probation this hour for the remainder in between your phone calls. Uh, some people don't even know, by definition, as far as employment law is concerned, what is meant by being on probation? There are a lot of mis misconceptions when it comes to being on probation. Employers get it wrong. Employees get it wrong. There's, there's confusion. You may not realize that there's confusion, but I'm going to explain to you exactly where that confusion comes from. So being on probation is a, is a, means that you're, you're working for a period of time that the company has to evaluate your suitability for the position. A period of time for which the company or during which the company can decide whether you, you're someone that they want to keep long term, whether you have the, the required skills, the experience, and whether you fit into the organization. It's also a time where you get as the employee to assess whether you're happy and want to continue working there and making a commitment. So it's, a, it's actually a beneficial thing to have uh, because it, it, you know, it's like dating before you get married. You want to find out first whether this is a good match before you, you hop into a long-term commitment. So you can take it out for a spin is what you're saying and see how it goes. 
that the technical term is taking it out for a spin. Uh, yeah. That's a legal that's term, the, right? Okay. That's the legal term. I, I didn't want to use it because it's very confusing. Uh, the law, law of text describe it that way. But no, you're right. It is that idea. You take it for a spin. You want to try, uh, try it out. Uh, and and the, the, the real kind of confusion arises from, well, what happens if it doesn't work? What are the rights of the employees and the employers? And that's what we really, we really want to talk about. And that's where we're, uh, we're going to get into down that road as far as being on probation is concerned. We'll take a short break. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell and one 225 talk That number is toll free. We are underway and rolling until 10 to 8. So call us. We'd love to talk to you here on the Employment Hour on Global News Radio. And it is 724, plenty of time for you to call in, 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell, and one 225 talk That number is toll-free. Get back to our conversation on being on probation in uh, just a couple of minutes here. First, want to get to a few calls. Kyle, uh, good evening. How are you? Hi, how you doing? Good, Kyle. What's, uh, what's up with you, pal? Hi. So uh, I work for a landscape construction company, uh, and recently we didn't get paid for the holidays, so I brought it up because I've always gotten paid as long as I've worked for them. Uh, not not this particular company, but landscape construction. Uh, and looking into it, he tried to say that uh, because of the work we do, that we don't get paid for fat holidays uh, and as well overtime. Now, I looked into it, and it appears landscape gardeners wouldn't, but we do landscape construction. So I'm curious as to what the difference might be. Hmm. And the only way I was told I could find out was to file a claim. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly what you mean there. And, and generally, those that work in construction are exempt from many of the the minimum protections employment protections that uh that uh, otherwise people have so you know landscape construction is still in the construction field so you you don't have the same rights unfortunately for example with respect to overtime and holiday pay that said here's what you do have uh you have the right not to have the the terms of your employment changed so what i mean by that is if you always get paid statutory holiday pay regardless of whether or not they had to pay it you, they just did. They can't just yeah. decide one day, oh, wait a second, now we don't want to pay it anymore, okay? Okay, now now I started with a new company, so that's where the confusion might be. These guys weren't paying the holiday pay. That's why I started looking into it. Now, he did turn around and pay us for it, uh, and then to, I guess yesterday or today he made contact with an HR company and has told us now that he wants to take that back off our next pay. Is he allowed to do that? No. No, he's not allowed to do that. that. That's a very good question. So so let's let's deal with both issues. First of all, yes, if it's a new company, yes, strictly speaking, he doesn't have to pay it uh, kind of going forward. And it's one of the exemptions that apply to construction or employees working in the construction area. But once you get paid, the company does not have a right without your, your consent to claw it back. Okay? So, okay? so if they do that, they're actually doing something illegal. Now, you have to decide if they end up doing that, whether you want to fight over it, because presumably we're not talking about a lot of money, uh, but but I can tell you that it's illegal, and, and you absolutely would be able to fight them on that and get the money back. You just have to decide if that's something that you want. If it is something you want, call me. I'll, I'll help you get that done. Uh, you just have to decide if that makes sense in, in, since you're still working with them, right? Okay. Well, thank you very much. No, that answered a lot of questions, because like I said, I've always always heard you describe the... Um you know, pool cleaners and stuff, and uh, I wasn't quite sure where we fell in. So, yeah, so you're no not the pool cleaner, but, you know, you're not that different in terms of the protections. For some reason, the law has decided, and it's not me, I don't make these decisions, uh, that you don't necessarily have the same protections when you're in the construction field. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for your time. 
Thanks, Kyle. Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate uh, appreciate that and that number again one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and the team. And there's also help at employmenthour dot com. Talking about being on probation, we are indeed. So, is probation automatic anytime an employer hires a new employee? Because some people believe it is, right? Oh, I'm on probation. A lot of people believe it is. A lot of employers believe right. that it is. That yeah. you know, when you first start, you're automatically on probation. Well, let's be very clear. There is no such thing as automatic probation. If you start a job, you are not on probation. There's no such thing as the first month, three, six, twelve months is probation. The only time you're on probation is if you signed an employment agreement that says so. So a probationary period has to be created by an employment agreement. The law doesn't create it. It doesn't exist automatically. It's created by an agreement between the employer and the employee. So if you signed an agreement that says for the first three months, for example, you're on probation, then right. you're on probation. If you didn't, if you simply you said, okay, yeah, you're starting Monday, we'll see you then, then you're not on probation. Even on day one, you're not. So that is important to remember. Uh, you have to always go back and look at your employment agreement to determine whether, in fact, you're on probation. Well, you mentioned three, six, nine, twelve months. How long can that probation be if you're on one? Well, that's a that's a good question, and there's some confusion there. So, so let's be very clear. Strictly speaking, an employer can specify whatever probationary period the employer wants. Uh, now, it would be silly to say, for example, you're on probation for two years. I mean, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, an employer can choose the period of time. That said, most probationary periods are no more than three months. And the reason for that is that you cannot be let go without severance for long, if you work more than three months. So if the company wants to have a probationary period during which it can let you go without paying you anything, that period can only be three months. And now, the only way that can happen is if the employment agreement says you're on probation and it says you don't get any severance if we let you go during that period of time. It has to have both. It has to have both. Ah. If your employment agreement simply says you're on probation and you are let go because you didn't meet the probation, you still get severance. Okay? Yeah. It, it's only if it says you're on probation and, and if we let you go during that period of time, you don't get anything. So be very, very clear about that. So that means a lot of people believe that if I'm let go while I'm on probation, I don't get anything. That is not true. Not only do you get severance, in fact, you could be getting a lot of severance, depending, again, on the usual factors, age, position, length of employment, etc. So uh, the key message here is probation doesn't mean no severance. So it doesn't even mean a little severance. The only right. time it would mean that is if you signed an agreement that says so. So I mean, you know, you think about that. So after three months, that's that's your that's your maximum for no severance. So I mean, as an employer yourself, you're an employer. It doesn't make any sense to put anybody on probation beyond three months. It it doesn't really. There's really yeah. no point to to do that. It's not really effective, and it's probably going to stress an employee out as well. So for the most part, I, I don't really recommend in many cases to have someone be on probation for longer than three months. I think that's a very good period of time to be able to assess someone's compatibility. Right. And of course, again, you can't let someone go without severance after three months, no matter what the agreement says. It doesn't matter. You could have signed an agreement that says that for the first six months, if we let you go during that probationary period, we're not going to give you anything. That agreement wouldn't be worth the paper it's written on because that, that 
period of time where you can be let go without severance cannot be more than three months. So very important. I've, I've represented many individuals over the years that have worked for one, two, three months supposedly on probation, and when they were let go, they were owed significant severance. So remember that. If you are let go, long-term, short-term, probation or not, you may well be owed quite a bit of severance. That makes me that makes me think of something interesting, though, your example of someone saying, you know, for the first six months you're on probation, we won't give you severance. You say it's not written, it's not worth the paper it's written on. And if they were to go to court or whatever, I get you involved. Would they would they get the three month window that applies, or the whole thing gets scrapped in that in that scenario? The whole thing gets wow. scrapped. The whole wow. thing gets scrapped. Yeah, if you have a term that breaches the law or could breach the law, the whole term goes out the window. Nice. And, it's, and employers get this wrong often. They mm-hmm. they find an employment agreement on Google or they find a template uh, from the United States or <sighs> they have someone prepared that doesn't necessarily specialize in the area. And then they realize down the road, wait a second, it's not actually a legal document. It doesn't do what it's supposed to. It's not enforceable. So uh, employers make that mistake often, don't make that mistake uh, for employers. And of course, for employees, don't assume, don't assume that just because you sign something, it's legal, it's enforceable. You always, always have to check yourself. So don't copy paste an employment agreement from Kazakhstan is what you're saying. I understand. Right? No, it could be Borat, so it's Wouldn't be not nice. a good idea. star six forty on cell and one triple eight two two five talk toll free. By the way, plenty of time to call in and ask your questions as well. Talk about being on probation. So uh, an employer is not happy with an employee's performance during that probation term. Uh, what do they do? Well, you know what an employer is expected to do is to properly and legitimately evaluate the employee's performance during that period of time. It can't be arbitrary, it can't be unreasonable. So for an employer to, to properly evaluate, they also have to provide feedback to an employee. Uh, it, it's not fair and it's not right, and our courts have recognized that, for an employer to say, uh, you know, after three months, for example, well, you, you didn't do a good enough job, so you're out of here, if the employee didn't get feedback, if they weren't given the opportunity to improve, if they weren't allowed to understand that there's some problems. So an employer should assess, uh, assess the matters, assess the compatibility objectively, talk to the employee, give the employee feedback, uh, whether it's good or bad, and at the end of the day, make a, make a legitimate decision based on legitimate business uh, and, and, uh, and, and personnel reasons, rather than to make a decision that's completely unreasonable. Employers are expected to take that seriously, and when an employer clearly is acting in bad faith, well, a court could actually punish the employer that acts in bad faith. So remember, be reasonable, be honest, and give uh, give feedback. Is there ever a situation where that probation could be extended? Yes. In some situation, an employer can extend probation. Uh, again, if there's a good reason, if they haven't been able to properly evaluate the uh, the compatibility of the employee. But remember, that you can extend the probation until the cows come home. It doesn't mean that if you extend it, the person doesn't get severance. Because remember, the period of time where an employee doesn't get severance cannot be more than three months. So if you have an employee that's on probation for three months and the employer thinks, well, you know, I'm still not sure I'm going to extend the probation by another three months, fine. But if you let them go after the three months because you you don't think they're compatible, that's fine. So you're going to have to pay them full severance. So is there really a point to extend it? Probably not. If you're going to have to pay severance anyway, what's the point? So I'm not a, a personally a big fan in extending probation. I just don't see the point of it. We'll get to a, another call here as we roll on. Lawrence, good evening. How are you? Very good. Yourself, gentlemen. 
Good, sir. What's uh, what's going on in your world tonight? I've actually got an offer in front of me to go to a company, and they put a non-compete that seemed kind of outrageous. And I asked a friend who does a lot of hiring and hiring, I guess, and they kind of laughed at it as well. And based on your comment just earlier about that if a part of an agreement fails, the whole thing fails, what they've asked me is um, it's a sales position, um, a technical sales position, and what they want is a non-compete for two years afterwards, and I'm not allowed to do any work within 100 kilometers of where this company does work or or where any one of their clients were located. So so I'll I'll make it very clear, Lawrence. That that is a very restrictive non-compete, and and it's it's very very likely that a court would not enforce it. Uh, Generally, our courts have said that for most people, uh, non-competes are not enforceable, and they're not enforceable because uh, they prevent people from earning a living. We don't like that. That's a bad thing. So we're not going to enforce them. But that does not mean that you can just ignore it. Yeah. Because here's the thing, Lawrence, the real question is not if you sign it, is it going to be enforceable? It may, there's an excellent chance that it wouldn't be. The real question is, is the company going to try to enforce it? Okay, because think about it. If you're going to leave there uh, a couple years from now and go work for a competitor because you don't think your non-compete is enforceable, well, what happens if the, the company sues you and they sue your new employer? And you know what? Three years and $50,000 in litigation fees later, you're going to win. But that's going to be a pretty hollow victory because it's going to make your life miserable. So you got to be very careful and take that very, very seriously. So what I would do is I would engage the company. I would talk to them. I would raise concerns. You know, maybe reduce the non-compete period. Maybe maybe reduce the, the kilometers. Maybe make it more reasonable if you can't get rid of it completely. If they won't do that, you have to decide whether that's a job you want to accept. Because, again, if they let you go six months later for whatever reason, maybe it's a restructuring, and now they're going to try to hold you to a non-compete, even though, strictly speaking, they're going to lose eventually, that can make your life very miserable, Lawrence. I, have, I think you have to be very careful with that. So it's not so much that it wouldn't be, that it wouldn't be enforceable. It's the hell I've got to go through to prove that it's unenforceable. You got it, my friend. That's exactly what it is, right? Anyone can sue someone, right? Now, you're gonna, they're going to lose, but you know it's going to be something they could probably afford more than you. A company potentially would have more money than you, deeper pockets, right? So they can afford to engage in that battle because why? Because they may want to send a message to their other salespeople that you don't mess yeah, with right. us. Yeah. So you got to okay. be very careful with that, Lawrence. I, I would not just sign it. If that's not something you're prepared to live with, my rule is: if if you sign it, you have to be prepared to live with it. What would okay? If I let's say I sign, I I signed it, I leave. They want to enforce the non-compete. The company I'm trying to go work for, you're their lawyer. What would your advice be in terms of hiring me? Would you tell them to stay away because I've got this baggage coming in? I probably would, and and the reason because I would say you know. You're, you're risking company uh, engaging in a legal battle that's going to be very costly. So unless Lawrence brings such value that you don't mind uh, engaging in a legal battle, hiring Lawrence is going to be very risky and costly. So that's what I would be telling them if they were my client. Uh, so that's something you have to be careful. And, and you know, I'll tell you this. I, obviously, obviously, I haven't seen your employment agreement, but if a company has such a strict uh, uh, non-compete, there's probably other things in that agreement that are not favorable to you. 
for example. There could be a termination clause that limits your future severance uh, by a lot. So I would suggest, you know, let's, again, as I said before on the show, let's uh, dot our T's and cross our I's. Call me. Let me see the agreement. Let me actually read it. And let me tell you, other than the non-compete, if there's anything else there that you need to worry about. Okay, cool. Thanks, Lawrence. Appreciate your call. Uh, to reach out, one 821 5900 and uh, help at employmenthour.com. I'm going to move on to uh, to Mary. Hey, Mary, good evening. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thanks. Uh, thanks for taking my call. No I'm worries. Actually, I'm actually calling on behalf of my son. He's working a midnight shift, and he's been working in Scarborough for a company for two years, temporary assignment, and then they, in April they offered him a full-time uh, employment, so he went through uh, another series of probation. <laughs> and now, uh, I'd say at least every six weeks, they run out of material, so they send him home with three hours pay. Yeah, so so you want to know, obviously, if, if that's legal? Yeah. So he's an hourly paid employee? Yes, he is. So yes, you know, it, it, as long as they they pay him for those three hours, strictly speaking, they could do that. Especially if they they've now been doing it for a while. It's not a brand new thing they just started doing. It's not fair, but it's you know, it's kind of one of those things that is still within uh, the law. Ooh. So yeah, they, they'd be able to do that as long as they pay him for the, those minimal uh, number a number of hours, Mary. Three hours. Oh my God. Yes. Exactly. Every six weeks, you out of work for a week. You get paid for three hours each time you call, and it's horrible. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. It's, it's not a good situation, but uh, yeah, they, I'm know. sure they know in advance that they're out of material, but they usually wait until they have arrived at work, and then yeah. they say, "We have no material, so we'll pay for three hours. Go back home." Yeah, and not, not a good way to work. So, I mean, he, no. again, legally, but he may want to consider looking for some other place where yeah. he has some more consistent and security. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't sound like it's strictly speaking illegal, Mary. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for your for taking my call. Thank, Thank you, you very, uh, very much, uh, Mary. You need further, uh, further advice. Always one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred is the number to get a hold of Lior and the rest of the team. Advise you do that and help at Employment Hour Canada. Next up, we got uh, Steve. Hey, Steve, how are you, pal? Uh, not too bad. How are you? Good. What's going on? Um, actually, I just got let go today <laughs> from my employment, and okay. I just wanted to ask uh, a couple questions. One is um, uh, length of tar- uh, term. Uh, versus the amount of actual um, severance I got and and, and my pension options. So, so, Steve, how long have you worked there for? Uh, 20 years. And what kind of a job and how old are you? Uh, I was a sales job and I'm 60. So someone in your situation would easily be looking at 18 months of severance and uh, potentially a bit more, and that would include all components of your compensation, uh, salary, benefits, commissions, bonuses, everything. What have they offered you? It's 17 months. 17 months, okay. Have they included everything? Yeah, I think they did. It's based on a formula. I haven't looked at the, de- the details, but it's based on a formula. So I have to, but it did include everything, yes. It's like an averaging effect I think they take. So this is not a bad offer. It's it's close to what I assess you at, right? It's, it's not too bad. It sounds like um, that they're treating you reasonably well. Now, I'd have to see it to say for sure. Now, in terms of pension, the terms of the pension govern, they have to continue pension contributions during that period of time. And then, uh, you know, you can take the money that's in the plan and transfer it to a financial institution or a financial vehicle. You, you don't lose any of the money that's in the plan. So I want to ask you, so right now it's like a defined benefit. So do they have to force me to take a defined benefit or, or can I take a lump sum? 
and put it into so a VRAM. So, so the, the 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 plan would specify that, but generally speaking, uh, they, they they can't force it. You. You'd have the opportunity to to uh, to move it into uh, some financial uh, financial vehicle. Okay, even though like it's a defined benefit, it's not a defined contribution. Correct. Yes, but so, you want to see the terms of the plan. I could take a look at it if you want, and 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 tell you more specifically. There may be a pension administrator that can have that answer, kind of the tip of their fingers. Uh, but that's really where we we want to look is the plan itself. Okay. Okay, that's fine. So I'd have to look at the plan itself. Okay. Yep. Very good. And employee benefits. Uh, they gave me. They gave me two and a half, three months of continuation. Well, no, they should be continuing it for the full severance period. But so, so that's something you want to go back sum? to them with. But even if it's a lump sum payment. Even if it's a lump sum payment. So one of two things. Either oh. they either they continue it the benefits or they give you an amount in lieu of benefits, okay? Oh, I see. Which oftentimes is calculated as ten percent of your salary. Oh, okay, okay. So then, because they only offered me benefits for two three months, that's it. And they no, said, that's not that's not right. I can certainly help you if you want me to. So I would talk to them about it. If they won't budge, by all means, reach out to me. I'd be happy to help you. Okay, I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. It is one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior and do so. Indeed, help at employmenthour dot com. Get to uh, to Lindy. Still got a few minutes here. While uh, Linda, what's going on with you? Oh, I just have a quick question. I'm hoping sure. it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. I was let go um, August the twelfth. Was told uh, that day I was getting two weeks severance pay. Um, at the same point as being told that I was hired to um, his other location, the restaurant, um, which I worked for for three weeks. But during that interim, he told me I was still getting my severance. Um, I'm no longer at the other place because they only um, needed me for, for to cover some shifts. So I've asked him numerous times now for when I will be getting my severance and when I will be getting my ROE papers. And he just keeps on putting me off at this point. I'm, I, I just don't want to be the one who has to keep on going and asking him all the time anymore. Now, so Linda, are, are you still working? No, 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 I'm unemployed now. Okay. So first of all, uh, it, it's the severance now that you should be getting is based on the time that you spent with both companies because they're obviously related the same owner. So how no, long have no. you worked there for? Okay, so the one location was for a year. The second location, I think, although it's the same owner, I think it's registered under a different company. Okay. Because when so, I was let go from the one place, I'm sorry, you go ahead. No, I'm just saying that even, let's say, assume it's a year, uh, you'd be owed more than two weeks' pay. It could be a few months' pay. It could be two, even three months' pay. So it's not just the two weeks that he owes, and you're right, he has to give it to you that he can't avoid that. But it's more than two weeks. So, so so you're not just fighting over two weeks here. You're fighting about potentially more. Now, because we're running out of time, Linda, what I want you to do is I want you to reach out to me while we're off air. Uh, we'll give you my contact information here in a sec. Uh, and, and obviously, you get the record of employment. That's, that's going to be easy to get. But we should also get you your full severance because it's going to be more than two weeks pay, Linda. So uh, a letter from me may just resolve it very, very quickly. Appreciate it, Linda. Again, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior. I think we got time to uh, to squeeze Ed in here. Hey, Ed. Good evening. How are you? I'm better than I deserve, I reckon. <laughs> no, what's going on? Um, well, I've got to. I work at a call center. Um, used to be customer care for years and years and years. Now we're doing sales, and uh, I'm not meeting sales targets. They keep calling me up and saying 
You're not saying, let's get the credit check done, let's get this for you, which I try on most of the calls there. But a lot of the calls I have are like people calling in, they're angry because they didn't get something they were promised or Mm. their billing is off there. And so by the time I try to calm them down and deal with that issue, and then I move into the sales part, um, the manager's like, well, no, you should be doing this at the beginning call. Ask them what they like to watch, you know, things like that. Ask the sales questions. But, you know, the customer's like screaming at me because he didn't get his um, $5 credit from two months ago or something there. Or, you know, and so at this point here, they're like, well, you know, we've talked in the past. Your next step is a 60-day improvement or else you're out. Um, do I have right. any recourse on that or is it that's it? I'm done there. So, so let's, rem- let's, yeah, let me make it very clear. They're allowed to let you go because, generally speaking, an employer can let you go for any reason. But, yes, they would have to pay you severance. What you've described to me, Ed, does not sound sound like just cause, meaning you're not sitting on your hands doing nothing. You're not uh, screwing up on purpose. You're not, you know, you're doing the best that you can in that situation. That means that they owe you uh, severance if they let you go. So what I would do in the meantime, I would continue doing your job to the best of your ability if they criticize you, I would respond. I would send an email saying, you know, here's what I'm dealing with. Here's why, why I can't do exactly what you're saying. And then if they let you go, you call me. I'll make sure you get your full severance, Ed. That's a good way to end the show. Appreciate that call, Ed. If you've been listening and you didn't get a chance to uh, to talk to Lior, it's okay. You can do that now that the show is over. That number, once again, please use it. Write it down, one 821 5900 Help at employmenthour.com. And you want to find out what your severance should be, even before the phone call, severancepaycalculator.com. We are back here on the weekend doing this show as well. Employment Hour and 30, that is on your TV, Saturday and Sunday mornings as well on Global TV and CTV. We're all over. It's the Employment Hour. Until next time, right here on Global News Radio.